Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I want to start out this morning, and I've got a specific one-time sermon that I hope will bless all the mums today. But it's also a sermon for all of us. But before I start, start with my sermon this morning, I want to kick it off with a story that I heard of a, of a couple they had their first child, and they have the little um, four-year-old daughter, and they, they invited friends over for dinner. And, and at the table, the, the little girl said, I want to pray. And mom said, yeah, sure. But she says, I don't know how to pray. And the mom says, well, it's okay, honey. Just say whatever mommy say when we have dinner. And she said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? <laughs> We love mums, but we also love our kids when, they, when they're just kids. But today I want to speak about mothers. I want, to, I want to just encourage the mothers today, but I want to encourage all of us to, today. It's not just a Mother's Day sermon, but it's a sermon that I hope that will drop into your heart. Because if this thing is very basic, very simple, it's one of those simple, basic sermons. But it need, it's something that needs to drop in your heart, that if this thing doesn't drop in your heart, you will always struggle. Living up to God's standard. Now there's an illustration that I want to begin with. and There was also a couple that, that had their third child. And, and their third child was a, was a boy and he was born disabled. And, and this, he grew up and he could function normally, but he was disabled. And I want to go into that. But his favorite time as he was growing up was looking or watching his brothers, his older brothers, play baseball. Every afternoon, games, at practice, he was watching them with his dad. And, and, and as he was growing and he, he got big enough, he, he reached the special schools baseball team, which was amazing. His dad was so excited. And at first day, he got his uniform and he ran into the house, into his room, got into his uniform, and he ran back into the kitchen with his, and, he, and he shouted, Mom, Dad, look, now I'm a real boy. And I read that story and I thought, wow, isn't that so truthful? You see, the truth is we, we are valuable not because of, of how we look or what we accomplish in life. We are not valuable because of those things. Maybe you're sitting here this morning on Mother's Day and you're feeling not worthy or not valuable at all. Maybe you feel that there's things in your life that I, I don't feel as valuable as people say I need to feel. But I hope after this short message this morning that something will shift in your heart and who you are as a woman, as a mother, or maybe as a man sitting here today and you feel that, Lord, I, I need some significance and value in my life. Now, speaking about value, I, I realize how the value of basic things have changed over time. Have you seen that? Just the basic things, the value. I remember when I was, when I was grade one, my dad dropped me off at the movies with two rand in my pocket. And I saw a movie, I bought popcorn, coke, and I got a packet of sweets for two rand. I thought, nowadays, I need to go and take out a loan just to take my family to the movies. <laughs> Speaking about cars, have you seen the value, how the value changed with cars over time? I remember I was matric, I was 18, and my dream car was a Toyota Corolla 1800 Sport. It was in the window, I wrote rode my bike past that thing every afternoon. It was 84,000 rand. 
Brand new. Wow. I thought, that's my dream car, man. <laughs> I still, I promise, when I see one of those, I still, it's like, man. <laughs> How about the worth of cell phones today compared to 10 years ago? Remember that? I remember when I was also matric, my, my friend, his dad was, the, was the, the mayor of the town, and he got a cell phone. I was like, what? Let's see that thing. It's like, yeah, it, it doesn't work in, in, in our town. We need to drive. So we got in the car, and we drove like 70 kilometers to Joburg until we got a signal just to call someone. Yay, we've used the cell phone. It's ridiculous. And then that bricks came out. You know that, that little Nokia bricks that you can kill someone with? Self-defense bricks. <laughs> but I read an article this week, and it was very amazing, but it's about this world-famous auction that they had, and they auctioned off memorabilia of famous celebrities. Have you ever heard about that? It's basically selling off the celebrity junk that they have, literally. The, the first item that was sold in this auction was Napoleon Bonaparte's old toothbrush. It sold for $21,000. Come on, man, this was an old-used toothbrush. Ach, Sisman. Huh? JFK, his old wooden golf clubs were sold for $800,000. His wife's fake pearl earrings, fake pearl earrings, $210,000. It is ridiculous. Now, we all know that these items were auctioned off not because they were exotic or one of a kind, no. They were auctioned off because of who they belonged to who they belong to. That gave them value. Now, if we look at the Bible, we see the same message. Let's look at a, a, few, a few scriptures. 1 Peter 2, verse 9 to 10. We all know the scripture so well. It says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Next one. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. Let's look at the next scripture. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 23. 1 Corinthians 7 it says, God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by this world. A high price has been paid for your life. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 6 in a Passion Translation. It says, He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with Him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realms. For we are now, listen to that, co-seated as one with Christ. So what does all the scripture says? It's a mouthful. Now the short and the straightforward translation is this. God values us. He values you and He values me. He values us more than anything in His creation. Anything. He values you. You see, Ephesians says that God gave us a seat in the throne room with Jesus. When Jesus walked out of that grave, God gave Him this, the name above every other name to which every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is God. And then He sat at the right hand of God on the throne room. And here Paul comes in Ephesians and he says, you are co-seated with God. You are co-seated with Him. It reminds me of that movie. Have you all seen the first movie, Narnia? 
the Narnia movie. I know not everybody likes that kind of movies, but it was so awesome. Three kids, or four, four, uh, two, two brothers and two sisters went through this closet um, in their uncle's or their grandma's house, and they went into this other realm, this other world. And as the story goes on, they realize that they are royal. They are kings and queens in this world. And there was a moment where, I mean, the whole story is actually quite a, a beautiful story. It's not Lord of the Rings type things. It, some of the stuff looks like it. Um, but there's a crowning. There's a moment where they crown them as kings and queens. And, they, and the lion, um, what's his name again? Aslam. There we go. Goodness. I always said, almost said something else. Aslam came up. And he says, once you are a king and queen of Narnia, you are always a king and queen. Man, and that thing stuck to me. I, ne- I didn't even watch the movie. Off. I just, uh, that thing just stuck to me because he says, once you are a king and queen of the kingdom, you are always a king and queen. No matter where you set your foot, there is royalty in your blood. And my theme today is the following. There we go. Dust off your crown. It's time to dust off that crown. To realize who you are. To know that God has called you into royalty. That you are royal for Him. Look at the scripture. Revelations 1 verse 5 to 6. It says, To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood and has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, we need to realize, we need to realize as Christians, as born-again believers, we are seen as royalty in heaven. Did you know that? You are seen as royalty in heaven. The scripture that says we are, we are created, and I'll get there later, just, just a little bit above, uh, underneath God, above the angels. We are royalty in heaven. How much more than here on earth? How much more? Look around you this morning. Quickly, look around you. Who's sitting next to you, around you? You are sitting in the presence of royalty. You are sitting next to kings and queens. Because that's what the scripture says. That's not me. It's not a cool, cool sermon. It's just what the scripture says, that we are royal. We are co-heirs on the throne See, our identity has been chosen before the foundation of this world was formed. Your identity, my identity. And the Bible calls us what? More than conquerors. The Bible calls us the head and not the tail. The Bible doesn't say, ooh, you need to earn your place. You're a peasant. Just the peasants are down there. Maybe one day you will earn royalty. No, no. It says you are royalty. You are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. You are the head and not the tail. Now, I know there's some people that probably hear this kind of message, and their first question will be, but wait, wait, Henny, why? Why? See, they may ask the question like, if we are royalty and we are more than conquerors, then why are there so many issues in this world? Why are we don't have, we don't, we have control over everything in our lives? Why are we struggling and struggling and struggling sometimes in life? Why do we still struggle with sin and insecurity? Henny, why do I struggle with my finances? I never get to the end of the month with my finances, with my, with my income. 
Henny, I struggle with the relationships. Everything around me, all relationships around me is a mess, and everyone I met, I struggle to relate to. Henny, I struggle with passivity in my life. I never get going to that promise that God has given me, that opportunity in my life. Henny, I struggle with my self-image. My self-image is just bad, and it just feels like nobody really likes me. Henny, I struggle with negativity. I complain all the time. Henny, I struggle with fear. Everything in life for me is feeling that I'm going to fail at it. It feels like I'm going to fail at everything I put my mind to. See, I can go on and on. I can go on and on. So yes, I totally understand. In spite of all the amazing promises that the Word has for us, and the fact that we are royalty in God's kingdom, Life is full of problems. Life has issues. We face them every day, every week in our lives. But, there is a but. <laughs> we should do not miss, we should not miss the total truth in this. The truth of the matter is this, that God gave us the right and the power to rule over every problem, every issue, everything in our lives. You see, if you are royalty, you rule. And when there's a problem, when there's an issue in your life, we need to rule over that, not complain about it, not struggle through it, not think that, oh, I'm just struggling through this sin in my life. Yes, but Jesus still paid for the sin, so rule over it. Rule over it. Look at this, at this scripture, 1 Chronicles 21:9, verse 11 to 12. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor came from you alone, for you rule over everything. Powerful scripture. Then listen, it says, power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. You see, God created us to rule, to reign, and He also gave us the power to rule over every problem in your life, over every issue in your life. If you're struggling through anxiety, through depression, guess what? God made you, He created you to rule over those things in your life. I sat with so many men, so many women, so many young people in my life that, that struggled through habitual stuff in their life, and I said, listen, God has created you to rule over this. And the enemy wants you to miss this. See, that's why the enemy's main objective is to keep you from realizing who you are. His, his main object in, ob, 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 objective is to, to take you from that stand as a son of God. To, to, to keep you from seeing the truth of the royalty in your life. I love the story of a pastor. He had a, um, one of his congregation men who came to him and he said, Pastor, no matter how much I pray or how hard I try, I simply cannot be faithful to the Lord. I just struggle. I always fail. I think I'm losing my salvation. And I love the pastor's answer. He says, wait, do you see my dog here? He says, yeah, yeah, I see it. You see, he is house trained. I love him. He never makes a mess. He is obedient. He is a pure delight to me. I love my dog. 
But do you hear out there in the kitchen? That's my two-year-old son. He's sitting there at the kitchen table. He's making a mess. There's food all over, on the floor, on him, on his head, everywhere. It's a mess. But you know what? You know who is going to inherit my kingdom? Not my dog, but my son is. My son is. You see, Jesus came and he died for us. And then he says, we are Christ's heirs, not through our perfection, but by means of his grace. But by means of his grace. God loves us. We are called. We are, we are chosen. We are a chosen generation. We are royalty in his kingdom. I love this, this psalm, and I want to read you a whole psalm. Psalm 8. If you go to Psalm 8, look, look at this. Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who opposes you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, you are mere mortals that you should think about them. I'm sorry. What are more, mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Isn't that amazing? See, King David sat basically in a field and he wrote this psalm out of a passion for God and about his creation. He said, Lord, this is who you are, God. How can you mere mortals like us, how can, you, how can you think about us, but still you created us a little lower than you? And then in verse 4 and 5, he made this powerful statement that says that he has crowned us with glory and honor. Crowned us with glory and honor. He proclaims that you, are, that you and me, we are of the God kind. We are not of the animal kind or of this kind. We are of the God kind. And although the earth want to label us to who we are and what we do, we are of the God kind. And if you've ever wondered and ever wondered if our ancestors were from the ape kind or the animal kind or this stupid jellyfish that crawled, crawled out of a hole, <laughs> which they actually do believe, I want you to look at the last three verses. Verse 6, it says, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Verse 7, the flock, of, the flock and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in ocean currents. O oh Lord, O oh Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. See, we are of the God kind. God gave us authority. He gave us royalty. He gave you, you are a king and priest. In this earth, and I made you to rule and to reign. And if you've forgot what happened in Genesis, let's quickly look at Genesis 1, verse 26, 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Next one. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and, the, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You see, God's plan from the start was to create the earth and the universe around the centerpiece, us. He created the worlds around us as the centerpiece. And then he came to us and he says, rule and reign. Be fruitful and multiply. Rule and reign on this earth. See, then God drew a line and he said, this is the standard to which you should live and rule by. That's what he did. He said, this is the standard that I'm created. And the standard was always as in heaven, so it will be on earth. Like Narnia, king and queens of Narnia, so you will always be a king and queen. If you are king and queen, the kingdom of God, you will always be a king and queen wherever you are. We are ambassadors of God on this earth. We are ambassadors of hope, of, of faith, of the miraculous. We are ambassadors. So, the enemy... <laughs> His plan is always to keep us from re reaching and seeing that standard. Do you realize that? That's why we're struggling. That's why we're struggling to get through all these things in our lives because the enemy wants to keep us from seeing the truth, from stepping over that line of saying, this is the standard I will live by. The enemy will always be there to tell you, you will never make it. You will never get it right. You will never get promoted. You will never get married. You will never be loved. You will never be forgiven. You will be this. You will be that. You will never be able to accomplish. Moms, how many times have you had that thought, I will never make it. How worse can it get? And then when the kids leave, you get to be, I'm, I'm alone. I don't know what to do. You see, the enemy is always there to tell you and to tell you and to remind you and to remind you. And what God said, I am setting a standard and live by this standard. You are more than able. You are more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. And because of lies like that in the enemy, we live unfulfilled lives in our lives, missing the royal standard God created for us. Missing it. That's why Paul said that we are more than conquerors because God set the standard and the enemy, the Satan and all his demons can't get to that standard. It is impossible. It is a defeated foe that cannot get to the standard what God has set for us as kings and queens. That's why they work hard to keep us from stepping on into who we are. From telling you you're not worthy to bring you down to their standard because there they can manipulate. And they can oppress. And that's not what we're called to. We are called to a life with God. That's exactly what the snake told Eve in the garden. You remember? Because they were like God. Already, and he says, You can become like God if you eat that fruit. 
And when they did that, they became like the snake. You see, that's what the enemy's plan is for all our lives, is to take our eyes off the truth, seeing who we are, knowing who we are, knowing that authority that you have in Christ. When Jesus stood with his disciples, he said in, um, in, in Luke 9, Matthew 10, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. He didn't say, pray for the sick, pray for... No, no, he just said, heal the sick. Because he knew that he is releasing authority in their lives that when he dies on a cross, authority will be released to every child of God. But we come and we moan and grumble, Lord, if I am, if I am worthy enough, please will you provide for me? Or Lord, if this servant of yours, if you love them enough, will you heal them today? Nonsense. God loves them already. We need to step up in authority and say, Lord, you've created me to be a king, to rule in this life, and I will tell this sickness to leave because you've given me authority on the cross. And when you walked out of that grave, you released that authority over us. As God's kings and priests, we can't afford to be misled by the lies of the enemy anymore. Come on, and it happens so, so many times. So many times. I remember when I was struggling through anxiety, I, I, was, I went to a bad burnout about three years ago, four years, four years ago, um, and I was struggling through panic attacks and anxiety and all these stupid stuff, which is absolutely real. You go through real stuff. Until I listened to a sermon and a guy said, 2 Timothy 1.4 said, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and sound mind. And I realized in that moment that fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. And when I partner with that spirit, I give him the authority over my life. And every time anxiety came into my life, I just said, I stopped. I said, no, sorry, sorry, I would not partner with you. Whoever you are, I'm, I wouldn't partner with you. And every time I started doing that, that thing lifted. And I started stepping into victory over anxiety and over fear. Do I still get anxiety every now and then? Yes. But then I just remind the enemy of who I am. I just remind the enemy. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 27. It says the following. It says, don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give. That's what Paul said. Listen, man, you need to remember who you are. Remember who you are in Christ and what God has done for you on a cross. And whenever the enemy comes and steal and lie and trying to, to sway you from the promises of God, just remind him, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm at this standard. You can't get here. You see, today, I want to remind us all to dust off our crown. To remember that the robe, the kingly robe is in a closet. Take that out and step on the enemy's head and say, shut up, I rule you. <laughs> Sometimes you need to do that. So what is our mandate as believers? What is our mandate? Our mandate, if I step up and say, what is your mandate as a believer in this life? I want to show you a quick clip before we get there. It's a clip of Lord of the Rings. I don't know why it's uh, Narnia and Lord of the Rings today, but it's a place where the king of the elves speak to Aragorn. 
the guy who was the promised king, but his dad was, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it was such a powerful place in the movie when he gave him the sword of his father. Just look at it quickly, and I want you to see that. Put aside the ranger. Become who you are born to be. Take the Demolt Road. Become who you were born to be. Become who you were born to be. It's time to dust off that crown, to get the sword of the Spirit out, spot speaking word over your life, and let the enemy stay under your foot. You see, sometimes we walk around as kings and queens in this life, we don't know who we are because we look at the things in our lives, we value ourselves by the world's standards when God says, I've already valued you. I've already valued you. I've already given you what you need in life. You just need to step over and realize who you are. Realize who you are. See, when we become who we're supposed to be, there is no more doubt in your life. There is no more doubt of who you are. It's like when Usain Bolt won the first Olympic medal. He ran over that line, he won the, the race, and he didn't doubt afterwards, like, did I win that race? I, I can't remember. He didn't go around the next day and say, listen, did you see the 100 meters? Who won it? I mean, that's ridiculous. There was no doubt that there is victory. There is no doubt that when you know Jesus, when you meet him, and in a moment, you know that he died on a cross for us. He woke out of, walked out of that grave for you so that you can stay in victory forever. So when the enemy tries to remind you of the challenges that you face, that struggles that you go through, that insecurities that you have to face every day, you need to remind him who you are. Like this king of the, I can't remember, I, I don't know all the names, but how Aragon had to be reminded, it's time to become who you were born to be. It's time to stand up and step out of that poverty mentality that you've grown up in. It's time that you step out of the sickness, this thing that you've been holding you back all your life. It's time that you step out of those words that people have been spoken over you and start speaking word over your life. Start speaking truth over your life, knowing who you are. Remember, I was, I was a professional runner for 10 years, but I was so insecure, I couldn't speak before people. I really couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my friends in Afrikaans always mocked me and said, I know it's, it's, very, it's very bad, but it, and it really hurt me. And I always believed in my life that I can't speak to people. I really did. Until God one day sat me down and, he, and I started reading the scriptures and I started seeing who I am. I started seeing what God has called me to do. And then God gave me a dream where I spoke in front of thousands of young people with a fire burning inside of me. And I could feel I was speaking without any effort in my life. And I realized, but that's what I'm called to do. And I started speaking the word over my life. I said, this is who I am. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do this. And then I started believing in who I am in God. And I want to tell all of you here this morning <clears throat> that it's time to become who you were born to be. It's time to step up into that place where God has called you to do this. Step out of the, the, the shadow of the world and step into His light that says, Father, this is who I am. This is who I am. Don't let the insecurities 
give a footstool to the enemy. Don't. But step out of it. I remember when I was struggling with anxiety, I was, <laughs> it was hectic. And I was confessing all these things, but I was still insecure. I was still feeling all this anxiety and all these things in my life that I felt like, man, I had to continue speaking truth although I was feeling the negativity. I want to encourage you this morning when you dust off that crown and skive rechai kruen, man. And make sure that you look at yourself in the mirror and say that you are more than a conqueror. You are called to more in life. God has called you to greater things. I remember I was married when I was only when I was 32. And there was times in my life that I had to look myself in the mirror and say, there is a wife for you. <laughs> there is someone that will love you. Amen today. There is a husband for you. There is a wife for you. There is a job for you. There is breakthrough in your job for you. There is something that God has still not shown you that you need to step into. And today is the day where you can do. I always say, Hebrews 11:1 1 says, now faith is. It's not tomorrow or next week or now. When do I make a decision? Now. When do things change start? Now. So I want to encourage you today, on Mother's Day, to start believing the truth and start stepping on the lies of the enemy. It's in every one of you. Can you stand with me? I want to pray with us this morning. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your mercy, your grace. Father, we cannot go without your grace in this life. We thank you, Jesus, that, that when you called us, that day when we got saved, or the day when we had made a decision for you, Father, you loved us more than anything. And your word says, while we were still sinners, you died on a cross for us, you didn't look at our sin. You didn't look at anything in our lives. You just loved us. And there's so many places in our lives where we've missed God. And it's keeping you away. That guilt of missing moments in your life is keeping you away from the Father. It's keeping you away from the truth in your life. And Father, today we want to dust off our crowns and we want to proclaim that you are King. You are king of our lives and we are royalty with you, Father. We stand with the authority that Jesus paid for on the cross. But so many times in our lives that things hold us back. And the only thing that holds you back is your decision for him. And I don't do this often, but if you hear this morning, and you realize that things are holding me back and the biggest thing that's, hold, that's holding me back is my decision to serve Him. And the scripture says in Romans 10, says, with our mouth, um, with our mouth we de de declare His goodness and with our hearts we believe unto, unto forgiveness. When we, when, we, when we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we will be saved. 
if you're here this morning and you want to make sure, you want to make sure that you're part of this royalty that God has given us. There is no place where God has chosen some people. He has chosen every one of us. But He's also given us the choice to choose Him, to step into that place of royalty. But it's only a cho- choice away. Only a choice. Maybe there's, there's a place where you've shifted away from God. You've moved so far from Him that you, you, can't, you can't experience Him. You can't hear His voice anymore. You feel guilty every time you see your Bible. You feel guilty every time you see people going to church. It's only a step away from reconnecting yourself to the Father. He's never been away. He's always been there, loving you, reaching out to you. If you're here this morning and you want to be in, included into this prayer of giving your life to Him or reconnecting to Him, why don't you just slip your hand up and down? Just You don't have to keep your hand up. Just slip your hand up and down. There we go. One, two, so many, many of you. Many of you. Many hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Last opportunity. Just slip your hand up and down. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Now can all of us pray together? I'm going to pray and just pray this after me. Father God, today, on Mother's Day, I want to give my life to God. I want to say sorry for every sin in my life. Every moment that I hurt your heart, Thank you, Jesus, that you've died for me on the cross, that you've forgiven me for every sin in my life, and that I'm free now forever. So, Father God, I pray for everyone here this morning. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart if you've put your hand up. Father, for every, every heart that is turning to you today. I pray, Lord, with every word that they've spoken right now, they've become part of this royal movement, this royalty of God in His kingdom, and that you've given them a crown of life this morning, that it will never change again, never again, never again. Father, I pray that you will add them to a family, a church family where they can grow, where they can be baptized like we're baptizing people today that they can make a public declaration that says, my life is new. I've made the decision. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.